Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show with your chance to be heard. Give your opinion, bash on the liberals, even make fun of the wacky left. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Good morning to you, 909 on KDXU. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in today. If you want to be part of the show, 673-5890 is the phone number. You can text me at 467-5842. That's 435-467-5842. Text only on that line. Uh, I am happy to happy to be here. Had I, we're, we're kind of we got a curveball today. We had a couple of guests, and I've had in the last couple hours, I've had both of them have to cancel or postpone. Uh, I had an, a, another guest, uh, kind of a backup guest. He is going to come, but he's not here yet. And uh, so we're we're, we're going to we're going to get it done. Uh, the one cool thing about uh, the, you know the guests weren't on, but I did the research to have them on, so I can tell you about some of the stuff that uh, we I talked about with them in preparing for this program. We'll also be taking your phone call to six seven three five eight nine zero. We will also be. Uh, and by the way, Allie is out. Allie has a little bit of a family emergency. She's up in Salt Lake right now. Uh, so no call screener today. So if you want to call, uh, it's, you're just gonna, we're going to put you on hold and put you right right on the program when, when we get to that point. A uh, couple of uh, items, calendar items. Uh, first of all, today at noon over on Dixie State University campus, I think they call it the Zion Room. The Board of Trustees is meeting to make their final recommendation to uh, for a name, with the new name of Dixie State. I think it goes from the Board of Trustees to the Board of Regents. I think that's the name of it. And then from there it goes on to the legislature. But basically the regents will just rubber stamp. They'll just pass it on through to the legislature once this current committee makes its recommendation. Now the naming committee... Settled on Dixie Polytechnic State University, a name much reviled by most people. Uh, even those who don't really have a, a dog in the fight, those who you know don't feel that strongly about the name Dixie, don't like Dixie State, Dixie Polytechnics, or not. I keep saying Utah Polytechnic State, not Dixie Polytechnic State. Actually, if they named it Dixie Polytechnic, I think that would make some people happy. But uh, right now, that name would be Utah Polytechnic State University if they go with what the naming committee recommended. Uh, and uh, at this point, I, I, I've had people tell me it's a done deal. It's Nothing you can do about it. We can complain all we want. There's nothing you can do about it. We'll, we'll see about that. Uh, Saturday, there's a big celebration right here in town, right here in St. George. And it starts early in the morning, like 630 in the morning. They're having like a fun run. They're going to have games, uh, booths, live music, contests, uh, culminating with fireworks uh, put on by the city on Saturday night. That's uh, July 3rd. So this Saturday, and it's absolutely free. You don't have to pay anything. Obviously, if you're going to buy food and things like that, that that's going to cost money. But uh, I think it's kind of cool the city is putting something on downtown. Um, we'll see how hot it is. We're, we're today and tomorrow not as hot, but right now the long-range forecast, and that is, what, four days away, uh, four or five days away. And right now they're saying back into the triple digits. We'll see how that goes. But uh, we may get some moisture too today and tomorrow. I hope I hope that's the case. But uh, a, a free event, you know, if you want to take you and the grandkids or the kids or the family members, the wife, whatever, uh, if you want to go over to uh, the city park, or actually the city center, city square, town square, I guess they call it, downtown. Kind of a cool uh, event for you there. 
All right, one of the guests I was going to have on, and he couldn't make it today, his name is Aiden Tate, T-A-T-E. Uh, and Aiden Tate is in the security industry. I, I, he didn't really want me to say specifically what he does, but uh, he's in the uh, security industry. We'll just call it that. Um, and he was telling me about some of the technology that is out there that some companies, uh, especially government companies right now, but because they're the only ones that can afford it, but some companies are, are installing some technology that is um, a little bit scary. For instance... Um, one of the newer pieces of technology that can now be installed is the AI fever monitoring cameras. Uh, many buildings throughout the U.S. now have a camera with thermal capabilities monitoring your every move when you walk into their building. Uh, should you be deemed somebody with a temperature outside of the preset bounds, the system will use facial, facial recognition to lock onto you. And as you travel throughout the facility, security, staff, and management is notified. You think about that. Say, um, I don't know, say you sweat a little more than someone else. Maybe your body gets a little hotter than the average person. They would deem you as a security risk. Interesting, huh? Um, it's uh, Aiden compares it to uh, like making everybody take a light detector test. Uh, what became popular when when COVID-19 was at its peak was, uh, and, and we had it right here at Cherry Creek was the, uh, take your temperature when you walk in the room, uh, the, you know, the, the little thing, the little shooter, they shoot your forehead with. And, uh, that nobody seemed to mind. In fact, it was a requirement. I know at my work here, it was a requirement. When we got to work, uh, the ops manager, most of the time it was Marty, had to walk around and uh, and shoot the little forehead thing at you and take your temperature. And then for the longest time, we had that same temperature gauge machine at the at the front of the building. And when you came in, no matter who you were, any guest, anybody, you had to get the little thing and shoot your forehead or somebody had to shoot your forehead with a little temperature gauge and find out if you had a fever. If you had a fever, you, well, it never happened actually, but if you, theoretically, if you had a fever, then you were, uh, you were not allowed uh, to come into the building, not allowed to associate with us. Interesting, huh? Um, other, other surveillance out there, uh, uh, some of them that were really scary, uh, Alabama State University purchased a thermal imaging and facial recognition equipped drones to enforce social distancing on campus. Some U.S. school districts required their students and staff to wear a Bluetooth armband to monitor their temperature while they were uh, on campus. Uh, some of the stuff is, is downright Big Brother scary. And uh, by the way, Jack is here now. Jack Lancaster joins me on the air. Jack, thanks Good for morning, coming over, Andy. man. How are you doing? How's uh, retirement treating you? Now, that's kind of a misnomer. You retired oh. from one job, but you got another one. Yeah, I'm, I'm running my restaurant with my wife, and we have been very, very busy. <laughs> Lots been going on. <laughs> I had me some of that the other day. It was good yeah. stuff, always good stuff. But uh, appreciate you coming in. Yeah, man. thank you. Thanks for having me. Had a couple of different guests scheduled for today, and mm-hmm. uh, and during the course of the morning, they both uh, made. I'm not going to say excuses because they're legit, in yeah. my mind legit, but they said oh, we're not going to be able to do the show today. Well, so 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 this Utah Polytechnic UPS is a foregone conclusion, huh? That's what some people are telling me. Um, in fact, I have quite a few listeners who say, "Why are we even talking about it? They're going to do it. They're going to do it no matter what. No matter what." But I, you know, in, in talking with the the DSU8C people, they're like, "No, it's it's not a done deal, and, and they're going to fight it all the way, even when it, it when it gets to the legislature, they're going to fight it." But I just, 
the fact that they purchased all these, you know, these URLs early and they told me about it on this show a year and a half ago that that's what they were leaning toward. Uh, to me, it's always been a done deal. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, it's a lot of uh, I don't know beating your head against the wall. I think to, to, to trying to stop them. We'll see. I, I I don't know. I you know I think I, I I sit and analyze why is it that I am so upset personally about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I I'm a Dixie alum. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I grew up here. Been here so, how long? Forty years? Fifty years? It's like, yeah. okay, you know, you're gonna if they change the name. I think the biggest scariest thing, there's two, I think it's a two-part thing for me. Okay. The biggest scariest thing is that they're not going to stop there. The cancel culture will keep going. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to cancel what's near and dear to us because we're the ones, again, that define what Dixie means for us. Right. Yeah, I was talking to some friends the other day about this, and, you know, words themselves aren't racist. People are. Yeah. Only people are racist. Sure. There's nothing else on the planet that's a racist thing except a person. Okay, makes sense. Or can be. Right. Can be or not be. Right. So if the folks that think that this word is racist, maybe they're the ones that are racist. That's mm-hmm. kind of where my head was thinking on that. But then I'm thinking, why do I care so much? I mean, I, you know, I, haven't, I haven't been attending the, the games, you know, I, but I just keep that peace in my heart. You know, I went to, I went to Program Bureau with Rowene DeFury back in the day. Hmm. And um, learned all the songs. I was a Dixie Rebel and proud of it. But that, to me, it didn't mean the South. It just meant, you know, I'm I chart my own path in life. Right. You know, I don't take conventional wisdom for granted. I I critically think a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, wasn't well, that the idea behind going to university, getting educated? You think to get so? You to think for yourself. Yeah. And yet, sometimes. Our kids go to go to university and they get brainwashed a little bit. They, you need no, you need to think this way. You know, my my daughter was telling me at at she's been at the university. And actually, it's BYU, and she said there's certain professors they they don't want you. They they they. She said she had one professor right up front that said, "I don't want you thinking like your parents anymore." Uh, I want you. I want you. I want you thinking. What like, does that like mean? this? <laughs> I know. And it's like, well, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's pretty frustrating, you know, because you, you raise your kids to be conservative yeah. and be pretty good kids, and then you got a professor trying to deprogram everything you've taught your kids uh-huh. from the day they were born. And I'm not saying they shouldn't think on their own. What I'm saying is, we we try to guide them in a direction that we think is the right direction. And I think. Well, and I also think there's a part of human nature, especially when when we're uh, teens and twenties, that. We tend to rebel, yeah. no matter what, uh-huh. and I don't know why that's there. Maybe it, it caused us to move on to the next village, back in the day, you know, yeah. to, to yeah. explore and to do things differently. <laughs> but there is something there that we always have to rebel. We can't just take, you know. Some of us can can say, well, you know, I can see that you had that experience, and I'm going to not do that because obviously you're telling me to, and I believe you. But other people say, no, I have to do it myself and find out for myself, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah. but. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I, all this, all the funny little memes that come up on the thing. UPS, what you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, degrees overnight and the brown and gold uh, uh, new colors. Yeah, no, they're not changing colors, by the way. Even <laughs> I if thought they do that was real them, for a that's minute. Pretty, oh, did you? I think change. a lot of people did. They're like, really? Is this real? No, it's not. No. Um, there, there was. Uh, I was talking before you came in, uh, Jack, a little bit about some of the new surveillance things that are happening. Yeah. Um, does any of this scare you? And, and, yeah. and, and if so, why? Well, you know, Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's funny is, 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 
if a government put this, and I'm holding my phone in my hand, right? If the government made me carry this, we'd all be rebelling. You wouldn't do it. Yeah. We wouldn't do it. You Screw know? that. <laughs> but we're doing it to ourselves. You mm-hmm. know, I was funny. The very first time I filled out a Facebook profile, all my data, and I'm thinking, this is going out there to the world. Yeah. This is crazy. You know, and I guess I'm comfortable with what I want to release under my terms. But when somebody doesn't want to, just wants to take it, you know, maybe not so much. Uh, you know, drones flying around, taking my temperature from above and, and practicing social distancing. Well, isn't this COVID thing going to eventually be over? Yeah. Then what are you going to do with those things? Well, they're going to use them to spy on us, I guess. And, well, and, and okay. keep an eye on us. And, <laughs> I, and here's the thing, you know, you watch the COVID news. And everybody's saying, well, there's variant two and variant three Delta and, variant and you know, that, whatever yeah. these variants are. And th- this thing's never going to end. Right. I think, I think at some point, it, it, it's funny, yesterday my wife and I went to Las Vegas and went into the airport to pick up my mother-in-law who was flying back from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And we forgot our masks. Right. Because I mean, it's yeah. like. They're out of my life now. It's not a thing here. You know, anymore. at my restaurant, we actually had a mask burning party. Nice. <laughs> back in <laughs> April. But so you didn't forget it. It was burnt. Yeah, right. it was burnt. I just got rid of the damn thing. So we went down there and I said, honey, we don't have masks. And she says, well, let's just see what happens. We get in there. There's no signs about masks anywhere. They were paging it to wear it, you know, on the PA, the, the Please, automated. Yeah, yeah, okay. And there's two or three other people, but most people were wearing a mask, you know. They were uh, well, okay. Nobody gave us the stink eye or anything. We just oh, that's good. We picked her up and left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's a little bit troubling to me. I, I remember when I first started this show just two and a half years ago, uh-huh. uh, and, and I, I, there was something about you know background checks and stuff, and and I made the statement, "What do I care? I'm clean. I don't have." In my opinion, I don't have any skeletons in my closet. Big deal. I don't care. And one of the callers pointed out to me said, "Okay, but well, what if what something you did." that the new powers that be, whoever takes over, whoever's in charge of all this surveillance, <coughs> decides that things you, that you did do were wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, their, their standard of what's right and wrong is different from your standard mm-hmm. of what's right and wrong. What if they decide, you know, that uh, my penchant for going four miles per hour over the speed limit means I'm a danger to society and they want to jail me? And, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff happened oh, in yeah. the Soviet Union, you know, well, or in China right now. It's probably happening in America somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, all these things that are happening in the name of COVID are, are just, again, Orwellian. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and the thing that, that, I, that bothers me is when is it going to end or is it? And, I, and I, I think a lot of it isn't. I think a lot of it is until we get to the point where we're saying, you know, enough's enough. Um, you know, in Canada, they arrested that preacher for having church outside. Right. You know, right. and, you know, for me myself, this is what tore it for me um, at my restaurant a year ago this month. You know, they had the, the George Floyd protests go up and down St. George Boulevard. Right. You know, where our mayor held the beautiful sign. And mm-hmm. and I realized that it wasn't about, you know, social distancing, because if you're if you're if you're if your cause was politically correct, it was OK. Right. So then I'm thinking, OK, well, then it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Why should I wear a mask? Why should I social distance? I'm just going to do my own thing. So from that point forward, I never took those guys seriously because they're not. It was, it was a matter of priorities. If they deemed whatever they were doing was a higher priority mm-hmm. than wearing a mask, then they could do it. Sure. Yeah, you're, and well, that wasn't just here. I mean, it was, it was everywhere else in the yeah. country that was having these protests. And then, and then another thing that really bothers me is why on earth do you have to wear a mask after you've been vaccinated? 
Right. And why do our leaders, so-called leaders, do that? It makes no sense. In fact, t- yesterday uh, we had a story on the wire. Uh-huh. World Health Organization recommends you wear a mask even if you've been vaccinated. Uh, and, and I'm just sitting here going, I'm not going to read that story because that makes no sense to me. Yeah, but the point is, is why get vaccinated? Right. If I don't, if I don't the, get to change my life and go back to the way it was, why on earth do I get vaccinated? Why do I go through that? They're, they're almost saying we don't think the vaccination actually really works. No, they don't believe in it. If so they believed in it, then they anyway. would act like it, it, made, it made something. It made a difference. They yeah. don't believe in it. Yeah. And you've been vaccinated, now, by the way? I had COVID, so I'm not going to get vaccinated. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I had it back in October. It ruined my deer hunt. I remember. <laughs> I remember. You weren't allowed to come to work for a while. No, I, was, I quarantined for two weeks. The first week I was, well, the first four or five days I was pretty sick. And then the second week I, I was out playing golf and riding my bike. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. alone 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 right socially distant <laughs> for, for sure <laughs> so well well i i you know i i've been vaccinated i actually have caught some heat for getting vaccinated a lot of people said what are you nuts you know you, you this is a, a it's a test thing and and why would you do that and in fact they've accused me of being socially ir- irresponsible for promoting vaccines on this Radio I program. think i think i think if you're gonna you know it's a it's a cost-benefit analysis like anything in life right if this COVID thing's going to kill you, then you should get vaccinated, because the right. odds are that the vaccine will save your life. Right, and, and and to me, like I was able in my mind, maybe I'm wrong, but I was able to, to go okay, under 30 years of old of age uh, and healthy, they don't need to be vaccinated. Right, they're not going to get sick, and if they if they it's get no somehow deal. if somehow they get COVID, they're not going to get very sick. Right. And and they're, the odds of them dying are minuscule, like one in a billion well, or something. Well, back when uh, yeah. uh, back when I got sick, or before you know the weeks before at my restaurant, we tested everybody, mm-hmm. and I paid for it. It was the expensive you know twelve uh, hour turnaround test back then. That was that was as quick as you could get it done, because yeah. I couldn't afford to have people staying home for two weeks at a time. Nope. <laughs> so we went and um, we vaccinated everybody. We hit, we found a couple or not vaccinated. We we tested. We had a couple of teenagers that worked for it. We had a, half our staff as teenagers, uh, high school kids. But yeah. we found three of them that were tested positive, so they quarantined. But they never got sick. Mm. None of them ever got sick. I think they were false positives? I, it's possible. You know, one of them had a little bit of the sniffles and, like, for half a day didn't feel right, you know. But the other girl, her poor family, made her stay in her bedroom for two weeks all alone. Oh, my gosh. And uh, you know, it was so sad. But, and she never got sick at all. She never had any symptoms. And, you know, I was pretty sick. For a couple of days, I was, I was pretty sick, but, but I came out of it. And I know, I know people that I've got a, uh, my wife's cousin in Mexico City. He was a young guy. He's in his 20s. He's in the ICU for two weeks, mm. you know, and that's rare, but, you know, but who knows. But I think the thing is, is, is if you're going to be sick, if this thing's going to kill you, then you should have stayed home. I, I don't understand why quarantining the healthy population to save a few of the people who are vulnerable. It was very bad. If you're vulnerable, you're the one that, that needs to to take care of business and, and then get vaccinated. First disease in history where we quarantine the healthy people right. and let the sick people right. go. Right, let the sick it, people it go. sense at all. And it's like uh, uh, we, we, don't, we don't use common sense in this thing, and that's mm-hmm. the frustrating part. Yeah. The common sense says if I get vaccinated, I don't have to wear a mask anymore. Right. If, if the vaccine works, I don't why, have to Why wear am a I mask. doing it? And yeah. I saw Biden and Harris and, and those yahoos. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. I just... You know, on TV the other day, wearing masks. It's like, Still. why? Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
All right. Uh, hey, Seth's been hanging on the line. Seth, what's up this morning? Well, you baited and switched. I thought we were going to have open lines, and I wanted to talk about the fascinating, exciting report that was released on Friday after everybody went home for the weekend. Yeah, they, they have a tendency to do that, don't they? They wait till everybody's done for the weekend. Is that the UFO report from the, from the Pentagon? Uh, yes, I even read it, and there were so many acronyms in it, I had to get a dictionary out to find what QCLCBABC meant. And, and yeah, it must be some kind of uh, people that have lost their brain that expect us to read acronyms and know what 47 of them in a row means. Yeah, no, I'm with you. The, the old AP style rule is you uh, re, you put the write the whole name out first reference, and then mm. after that you can do it. But they they don't adhere to that. Oh. No, and the fact that it, that it all had been leaked, and I'm saying, speaking of restaurants. Where's the beef? <laughs> oh, beef has gone up uh, to over five dollars a pound. It's too expensive now, Seth. <laughs> for for what I buy, that used to be three dollars a pound. Yeah, that that's why I eat my duck food because it's way cheaper. <laughs> it makes a nice, nice little gruel, but but you know, the, it, it just. Uh, there was a, there's a classified report, and I think they said that there's two more alien encounters that, that we didn't put in because it was too scary or uh, out of 143. But we know for sure there ain't no aliens. That that boggles my mind, Seth. That, in fact, the very first, when they, the, they kind of first leaked this, like a week and a half ago or two weeks or whatever it was, they said, well, we know there's stuff up there. We don't know what it is, but we know it's not aliens. It's like, wait, you just said you don't know what it is, so how do you yeah. know that it's yeah. not? No, and how, how would you explain that whatever these things are that we don't know, all over the world they fly over nuke sites, and, and when, when they're finished flying over them, um, the nukes don't work anymore. Yep. Yep. So, I, I mean, and oh, they swim underwater, and gee, they go 200 miles an hour under the water. Underwater, yeah. And there, there's, the, I guess, the uh, carrier uh, shot something that was going under the water at 200 miles an hour off Florida. I'd heard that one. Well, it, you know, it's it's just, I mean, they've been lying to us my entire life, 75 you? years. Uh, you know, that Seth guy is crazy. Uh, he's read all these reports and abductions and things. But now it's okay to be crazy. <laughs> well, there's a, there, when I lived in Las Vegas back in 89 and, and 90, there was a, a you, you probably heard the guy named Bob Lazar who broke the story with oh, uh, yeah. George Knapp. Mm-hmm. about uh, working on the flying saucers up at Area 51. And the way he describes the uh, physics of how those things are supposed to work exactly describes how these things are acting mm-hmm. uh, according to the, um, uh, that uh, Air Force or that uh, Navy pilot. Um, what's that guy that came out with the F-18? He was on uh, Joe Rogan. Um, his name. Favor. And he, he says that these things are just zipping around and instantly from one place to the other. And that's how they should work, according to Bob Lazar, back in the 90s, back in the early 90s. Element 115. Element 115, and and now they discovered that it actually exists. It can't exist. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, how many more things? Now, 
did they empty the Capitol when they put it under martial law because of the invasion and that nobody could be in a government and we had to be under martial law? And I never heard anything about them taking down all the uh, barbed wire and all of that and the buildings being empty. Uh, how many more big, fat lies are we going to be uh, exposing if aliens that they've been lying about for 75 years, what other things have they been lying about? Yeah, and, and you know, it seems like to me the excuse that's given when, when something is found out uh, is, well, we did it... For your protection. We did it for your own good. Oh, it's national security. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's exactly oh, yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, well, we pay a lot of money for our government. If, if, if you're the Defense Department and you've got these things out there buzzing your aircrafts. And you don't know what they And are. you don't know what to do about them and you can't do anything about them. You can't, no. The last thing you do is 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 you don't want to, to project that, that this insecurity out there. That you that you're uh, hapless or that you're in, uh, 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 not able to do anything. So, I think that's part of the biggest reason they're lying about us because they don't have an answer. Well, they're taunting us with it. They say they've been going out for a year or two, and whatever these magical things are, are uh, every day, every time they're seeing something. They don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we had Chris Stewart on, and i, I got to turn you down, Seth, because we've got to get a weather break in. Chris Stewart, who is a U.S. congressman now, uh, record-breaking pilot, was the first pilot ever to be able to fly a bomber and a Navy rescue hel- helicopter. This guy's an incredible guy. And he said, he said I'm going to be honest with you. I've been up in my jet, and I've seen things that I can't explain. I saw things that I don't know what they are. And he kind of said the same thing. I don't think they were aliens, but they were something that I don't know what they are. And if this guy, a congressman, a pilot, doesn't know what they are, how in the world are we supposed to know what they mm-hmm. are? And they're not going to tell us. The government's nope. not going to tell nope. us. And, and maybe Seth's right. Maybe it's because they don't know what they are either. This is America for crying out loud. Traditional, conservative, capitalistic. Let's band together and melt the snowflakes on The Andy Griffin Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today, and thanks to my good friend Jack Lancaster for coming on on short notice. Thanks. You're very welcome. I appreciate nice the invitation. Jack is a, a local business owner here in St. George, owns a restaurant. We try not to, to, to give the name just because this isn't about advertising and stuff like that. And plus, if he ever says anything controversial, we don't want people picketing his restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm known to say something stupid once in a while. So <laughs> I didn't say stupid. I said controversial. Oh, okay. controversial. That's different. All right. That's different. <laughs> anyway, uh, I appreciate you coming on. We talked a little bit last month about employment and the fact that we've something really weird has happened we were you know we had the high unemployment and people weren't allowed to work and and everything and then all of a sudden we turn the table and by the way utah's number one in the nation in unemployment rate we've actually to the point now where employers are having a hard time finding employees enough workers uh, a friend of mine owns a, a store here just just right down bluff street here and uh for about six or seven weeks, she couldn't get a second. She had two cooks she needed. She couldn't get a second cook. And she ended up, as a business owner, working 12, 14, 16-hour days herself. Yeah, to, yeah to we were cover. doing that uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, and my wife was cooking double shifts for a week. It's brutal. We had three cooks leave us in a week. Oh, my gosh. Um, three different reasons, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but that happens, you know, and we've, we've got that, those positions filled. Who knows how long that's going to last, but for that two weeks, you know, my wife was working double shifts, and we had to take a few things off the menu that slowed us down a little bit. So Yeah, if you think about it, folks, okay, prices are going to go up because that's what happens mm-hmm. when you have to pay employees more. But also, there are items. If you go to a restaurant, uh, you know, most stuff takes a certain amount of time to make. There are other dishes that take longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. restaurant owners like you, Jack, go, all right, we can't afford to make this anymore because we don't have enough people to have one person occupied on one dish for that long. Right. And, and it becomes a time issue. So, uh, it's better, you know, psychologically to say, Hey, I'm sorry that that dish is not available right now mm-hmm. and, and have them a little disappointed rather than get up to the, uh, you know, get up there and order it and, or, or have it or have them wait 45 minutes right. after the order. Uh, because that nobody wants to do that and they can mm-hmm. wait before they order. That's okay. But they don't want to wait that long after the order, which is what we're, which is what our balancing act is. Good point. And and like you're saying, food going up. You know, beef's gone up. Beans have gone up. Beans have gone up fifty percent. If beans. you can believe that. Yeah, pinto beans. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea. Beans have gone up. That's crazy. All right, let's. I wanted to talk a little bit about the vaccine. One of the guests that was going to be on today was Dr. Jane Orient. Uh, she's an interesting lady because she is a. Nonconformist when it comes to doctors. She's a medical doctor. She's actually president of several different uh, prestigious medical uh, uh, institutions, not institutions, you know, clubs, whatever they, they call them. Uh, and I don't know the names of them right now. I don't have that right in front of me. But uh, she basically, uh, back when COVID was first going, she was the one, one of them that was saying, look, you know, remdesivir and, uh, and, and these other trees, the hydro, hydroxychloroquine, mm-hmm work and while people were making fun of president trump and dr fauci was saying it don't work and and stuff like that she was there saying look uh it's popular to make fun of president trump and it's popular to say well somebody drank some fish tank cleaner uh and and so it doesn't work uh and she was like they do work and in fact if we administer hydroxychloroquine in the first week of covid before you know it gets more serious it will never get serious enough mm-hmm. to, to send you to the hospital. Uh, and she was ostracized. I wanted to talk to her about that, and obviously we didn't get her today, but she was ostracized from the medical community. They're like, oh, you can't. Why are you promoting this stuff? And she's like, well, but I took the Hippocratic Oath that said if I can help someone, I will help someone because that's my duty. And she says this helps people. And they're like, nah. You know, it, it, it was fascinating to me that she was ostracized in such a way over something so simple. Because isn't the doctor's whole job to try to help us get better? It doesn't make sense. You know, it's, it's so sad how much politics get into science. Mm-hmm. And, and that's mm-hmm. really, when you think about it, that's the crux of what that issue is. It's not a science question. You know, it's a, it's a politic question. It's like, well, you're following the advice of a guy that we don't like. You know, big, scary, orange man. Yeah. So, therefore, anything he says has got to be wrong, no matter what it is. And, um, you know, Trump derangement syndrome, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Fine. But it's, if, if, you know, she's got the courage to come out and say what's right and what's wrong and what her experiences say and what her science is telling her, then, then that should be a thing. Because, believe me, if, if, if that, if the, uh, I can't say the word. Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine did not work at some level, at some point in time. It never would have gotten to his attention in the first place. Right. You know, so, you know, he didn't just make it up out of whole cloth. Right. (laughs) Right. None of us knew what was going to happen a year and a half ago. Uh -uh. 
You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have this sitting in our back pocket. Hey, when COVID hits, you know, we're going to come out with this fake thing just to make us look smart. Yeah, no, it didn't, didn't work that way. And, and in fact, uh, hydroxychloroquine, now we're finding out a year later. Oh, by the way, it, yeah, it actually did work, you know. And, yeah. and, and I actually wanted to have Dr. Because I had her on a year ago. I wanted mm-hmm. to have her on today and let her gloat a little bit. She probably wouldn't do that, but let her say, I told you guys, this mm-hmm. stuff works. It yeah. really does do the job. Uh, interestingly enough, though, Jack, a, a second part of the story with Dr. Orient is she is kind of anti-vax. Not, not like, you know, polio and DP, all those. Uh, she's anti-COVID-19 vaccine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I asked her why, uh, and she's like, well, she said, I'm not so much anti the vaccine as I'm anti the government telling us we have to do it, that it's the hot thing, they have to do it now. She said, I think it needs more study. I think there's a potential that it could work, and there are three different right now. Well, actually, there's a, a half a dozen different variants of it. But she said, I, I think it might be good, but she said, we didn't, we didn't study it enough. And, and there are clearly people who are having adverse effects to the vaccines that we need to study that, too. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, it was kind of ironic to me because she was so pro-hydroxychloroquine. And then she comes out and she's like, well, I'm anti these vaccines. And she's like, well, I'm not really anti the vaccines, but I am anti uh, everyone getting them right well, now. Well, you know, it, I don't know why it can't be the, like, as simple as this, and it should be. You know, you're responsible for your own health, mm-hmm. Andy. So am I. Mm-hmm. I, I. I'm making the choice not to get the vaccine because I had the COVID. Right. Okay. You chose to take it. Okay. Now... That's that's the choice we made. Yeah, let's live with it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and you know, I guess the fact that I'm in a public eye, I have a radio show, mm-hmm. and I promote the vaccine because I took it and it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I think that you know, I, I think the vaccines work. I think they're good for you. I have a, a you know a, maybe the smartest man I know, and Doctor Doctor Blodgett. Oh yeah, the Southwest Health Department yeah. guy. He's a great guy. I was a chief resident at Johns Hopkins. I yeah. mean, this guy's a genius. <laughs> and, and if he says, look, you have a, a better chance of being healthier by taking the vaccine than if, than if you don't. He says, yes, there's some bad things that can happen, and there are some bad things. That, but if you weigh it, he said, you're, you're more likely to be okay mm-hmm. if you take it. And so that was good enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? That, again, it's working because the rates are falling off a cliff. Right. Or they have since the, the thing came out. Right. The, 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 again, it goes back in my mind to the, the the nonsense of the politics of these politicians and other folks that get vaccinated so wear the mask. <laughs> to me, there's something else going on. I don't yeah. I don't understand what it is. And I can tell you this: you know, at my restaurant on April 10th, when the when Utah lifted the mask mandate, you know, that's when we had the ba- the mask burning party and. And we, I hired the bagpiper, and we had a barrel out there with burning masks. <laughs> you hired we had a fun. bagpiper. Yeah, and we had a live remote, <laughs> Sorry, radio I live remote. It. Oh, that was awesome. But the thing is, um, I told my people that work for me, you can wear it or don't wear it. It's up to you. It's your choice, okay? Mm-hmm. And and I, what, I'm not here to tell you what to do, okay? If you get burned on the stove, then, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take you to the doctor. <laughs> or if you cut yourself, uh, you know, cutting cabbage or something, but... Yeah, I'll take care of you. But otherwise, you know, this is your this is your responsibility. And, and uh, the, the thing that makes me so sad about this country anymore is that we just don't take personal responsibility anymore. And I've had I've had several people come up to me saying, you're not forcing uh, social distance. And I said, well, at what point do people have to take responsibility for their own health? If yeah. you're going to get sick, sir, you're welcome to wait in the car and I'll bring out the food to you. But 
I'm not here to be your policeman. I'm not here to be the, the, the governor's mask policeman. Right. I'm already his tax collector. You know? Yeah, yeah. already. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I think there needs to be more of that. I think we need to teach our children to take personal responsibility. Uh, you know, if I have one of my kids say, uh, I actually had one of my kids. Who didn't well, There were hours had been cut back at their job. Mm-hmm. And, and and she was frustrated. She was angry. She's like, I don't know what to, you know, what, what do I do, Dad? You know, I, I, it does, it's not fair. And I said, well, did you look at getting another job? Did you talk to your boss about the hours? Did you find out why? Did you, you know, th- there's so many things that could be done. And I don't think it was a matter of her not thinking of that stuff. It was a matter of her being, eh, I'm helpless here. And, and, it and takes, you're really not. Yeah, and it takes a little bit of courage to say, mm-hmm. what did I do wrong or what could I do better? I mean that's a that's a mature mindset to have. The 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 younger mindset might say, "Oh, you're you're an idiot, and I'm just going to walk off or whatever." Yeah. And we get that all the time. And nobody says, "Well, just ask us the question. What is it you need?" Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know you can solve a lot of problems that way just by asking questions. And it's taking, funny how that works. And taking a little personal responsibility. That's right. I love it. All right, another commercial break here. Thanks to Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant, and his specialty is customer service. I've been talking about it again and again, but listen to these latest reviews. And by the way, 541 reviews in now for Joe Shoney. His average 4.96 out of 5 stars is nearly unbeatable. Uh, listen to what Robert said. Robert from Cedar, 5 stars, said, the work you put in to make sure we were completely happy is worth five stars. Uh, Melanie says, communication was great. We always knew the status of our loan process. Do you see what I'm getting at with Joe Shoney? I, I, bet, I can't tell you how many times I've had, a, uh, had to go, gotten a loan, and I, you, know, you get a phone call the last minute. Hey, you've got to come sign papers now, or, or we're going to make an appointment. This is the only time you're going to see us come and fill out some paperwork. That's not the way it works with Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is keeping you uh, all along the way. He's letting you know what's going on with your loan. I love that. And I think you will, too. Call Joe Shoney today at 435-590-6300. Be right back. My headphones came unplugged, Jack. Uh-oh. That's a weird thing in radio. You put your headphones on and there's no sound. And you can't hear yourself talking. It's like, what's going on? And I play the music, and I, I can hear it across the room in your headset, but not mine. <laughs> it's a strange thing. Anyway, welcome back to the Andy Griffin Show. Uh, just a, a couple of programming notes. I will be gone Thursday and Friday this week. Uh, Andy Thompson is going to come in and host the program. I know you know Andy. Uh, Andy has uh, been in this market for four years. He's a sports guy, but I found out a couple of years ago, I, I actually had a chance to interview uh, Ben Shapiro, one of mm-hmm. you know, our, our afternoon uh, national afternoon host. Yeah. And uh, it so happened I had an event, an, a live event scheduled at exactly the same time. And so I couldn't talk to Ben Shapiro. And so I kind of put a feeler out around the company. Hey, anybody, anybody talk to Ben Shapiro? And boy, Andy, he nearly jumped out of his shorts. He was so happy. He's like, oh, I love Ben Shapiro. And I, I so bad want to be, uh, be able to talk to him. And he says, can I do that please? And I'm like, well, yeah. Uh, and he did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. We had about a 10 minute interview with Ben that we played on the air here. Andy's a sharp guy. He's a very sharp yeah. kid. So it's cool because the callers can just say Andy. And it just sports. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They don't have to d- differentiate at all. Andy will be on the air Thursday and Friday, but it won't be this Andy. It'll be that Andy. His voice is deeper than mine. His voice is deeper. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go down here <laughs> to do it. 
Um, and uh, by the way, the, the guy, guy, did you ever get out to see a Million Dollar Quartet out there yet? No, no. Is that Tucon? Oh, it's amazing. It's indoor, too. It's oh, in okay. Indoor oh, theater, so you're not air conditioner. Uh-huh. Uh, they're a guy that plays Johnny Cash, deepest voice. Ooh. Fantastic. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, have, they have a guy that plays Johnny Cash, a guy that plays Elvis, a guy mm-hmm. that plays uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, and a guy that plays Carl Perkins. And uh, these guys are phenomenal. So uh, Wow. I've said it on the show a few times. So those that are listening are like, ah, here he goes again. But <laughs> best best play I've ever been to in my oh, life. Oh, really? So, wow. And, have to and go. it's not even close. So. Have to take the wife and get out there. Yeah, get yourself out there. The yeah. Million Dollar Quartet at Tuacon. So anyway, Andy will be here Thursday and Friday. We also have, for the rest of the morning show, because Allie is gone as well, we also have some special programming we're going to have for the uh, 6 to 8.30 times, too, on KDXU. It'll be a little bit different, but I think it's, I think you're going to like it out there. We'll also, of course, have our 8.35 Focus on Business programs. Thursday, it'll be the Jeremy Larkin Show. Friday, it'll be the Barbecue HQ Show with Troy Paul. So uh, not some of, some stuff is going to be a little bit different. Uh, if you guys would support Andy Thompson, I think he would really appreciate it. Uh, right now, Michelle Randall still scheduled to come in and be with uh, talk with Andy on Thursday. Uh, that'll be interesting and fun, and you can call and, and uh, give your questions to the mayor. I love the fact that our current mayor uh, is incredibly... Um, uh, diligent in answering questions. If she doesn't know the answer, she writes it down and then she goes and investigates it. And the next time she's on the program, she answers the oh, very question. Good. That's good. Uh, not a lot of politicians no. will do that. Yeah. They'll say, oh, I'll get to that. And they don't get to and that. And for her, this radio thing's a, a whole new gig for her, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> she's a little scared of, of some yeah. of my callers. She's afraid of you. But, yeah. Um, John, John Pike got a little bit uh, beat up. Uh, uh-huh. figuratively speaking, on the air toward the end. But uh, some of it, you know, the, the whole sign thing and, yeah. and uh, a couple other things he kind of kind of brought on him. So he was on that he's on that board that recommended uh-huh. they change the name. name. Yeah. So he kind of brought, brought on some of it uh, himself. Uh, one other thing, this is a programming note, but today, if you are passionate about the Dixie name, uh, at noon today over on the college, over on the campus, uh, they're having a meeting to recommend the new name. Uh, again, there are those that believe it's... Is that a, open to the public? It is open to the public, absolutely. It's in the Zion Room. I'm told that the overflow will be in the Gardner Center. Uh, there are no... You don't need a pass to park on campus this time of year, so you won't get a ticket if you just go down there and park wherever you want. Even if it says you need a pass, it's it's the off-season, so you don't need a pass. So you can go right up on campus, go to that meeting. Not sure they're going to let the public have any say. They'll be there to listen. Maybe even cheer or boo. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I don't know that there will be any kind of open microphone. I know that DSUHC folks have petitioned to let Tim Anderson speak during the, the process. And, and the thing about it, I had a meeting with Dixie State, uh, one of the associate athletic directors, and um, it's not like they aren't hearing, you know, that people are unhappy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that it's going to change anything, but I, I know that they want to do some things uh, to um, reflect the community's feelings, but I don't. I still don't think it matters as far as the actual name. I think they're going to change it personally. But blows the mind. Yeah, I just don't get it. I think these folks are just completely embarrassed, and they don't. Let me tell you something. Can I? Can I have one minute? Yeah. At my yours. restaurant, I work at nights, and at nights we get a lot of folks from out of the area. They come in, and I've got a mural at the back of my restaurant, and on the right side, it's got the Dixie Rock proudly out there with uh, behind the Pioneer Courthouse. And I get a chance to explain what Dixie, why the Dixie name is here. I, I did it the other day to a couple from California. 
I did it the other day from a couple from Minnesota mm-hmm. and a family from North Carolina. And uh, there was a, a couple out from uh, Florida. And uh, when I explained it to them, it's like, oh, okay. That's no big cool. deal. That's pretty cool. It's like Usually. five minutes, and I get a chance to talk. Well, there's the Pioneer Courthouse across the way. Right. Over in the t- uh, town next to us in Washington, they've got a cotton mill where they actually milled the cotton. Mm-hmm. You know, up here they used to have a factory where they processed the sugar beets. And what's the big deal, guys? Yeah. It's part of what we are and what we have become. Yeah. I, I, the, the claims that is keeping people from getting jobs, that it's offending people, doesn't hold water to me, Jack. I just mm-hmm. It doesn't. I, and the only thing I can think of is they're embarrassed to have the Dixie name on their resume. That's all I get. That's all I can tell you. But, but why? I, and the school certainly isn't hurting for money. I mean, yeah. they're turning dirt as fast as they can turn it over there at the stadium. Right. They got right. more students than they've ever had. And every student that's, that's uh, come to, to Dixie State University already knows the name. That's right. All 11,000 of and them right all now. And they've all agreed to it. And growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and don't have a problem with it. I, yeah. I, I don't I, I don't, don't know. I just feel like all. beating a dead horse here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it ad nauseum. And then for, again, thanks for being patient and listening to us about it. Uh, I will be, be back tomorrow. I have a doctor from over at IHC on tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk about some cool new procedures that they're, that, you know, I don't know if people understand this. We have a cutting edge hospital here in town uh, and never mind the naming thing and stuff. That's a, that's a whole nother topic, but we have some doctors that uh, maybe could be, or should be working in giant markets, you know, uh, you know, in New York city or Baltimore or, or Chicago, but they're here and they're doing some innovative things. So I'm looking forward to having Dr. Gardner on tomorrow. That'd Sweet. be cool. Thank uh, you, Andy. We've used up our time. Jack, always a pleasure. Thanks Thank for coming you. in Thank and helping out me. today. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute pleasure having Jack Lancaster on, former salesperson here at uh, Cherry Creek, and uh, he's moved on now. Yeah. He's Yeah, retired. He's retired. <laughs> he's not doing anything. He's sitting around doing nothing. Wearing my shorts and my Senior Frogs T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jack. Uh, folks, thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m., 673-5890. We'll be taking some phone calls and uh, have Dr. Gardner on. It should be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you then.